everyone. Thank you for listening to Chi Alpha After Hours today. Uh, we really hope that you have been finding these talks uh, both engaging and encouraging. Uh, today we are going to be talking about God's voice and hearing God's voice, uh, which is an appropriate topic since uh, John last night spoke to us about uh, 1 Kings 19 and Elijah's encounter with God on Mount Horeb. Uh, today, obviously, I am not Cassie. Cassie? <laughs> Cassie. Um, she is here. Say hello, Cassie. Hello. But um, I'm really passionate about this topic of hearing God's voice, and so uh, we decided that um, I should lead it. So I'm really excited to be doing that today. Uh, another fact about today is that Christian is in fact not here and we have permanently, no, we haven't permanently <laughs> replaced him. We've replaced him for this week uh, with Anna. Say hello, Anna. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, Christian is speaking at a church this weekend and that's why he couldn't join us. Before we start talking about hearing God's voice though, I'd like to say that we do have a few hopes for uh, our time. Uh, one is is that we kind of hope to demystify some of the language that's used very frequently in the Pentecostal church. Um, phrases like, God spoke to me, or I heard God. Uh, and I know that growing up in my life that that was actually really a big hurdle for me because I didn't understand what those phrases meant. And so we're hoping to kind of demystify that a little bit. The other thing is, uh, second, we hope that this can be a starting point for you for you growing and learning how to hear God's voice and also growing your time of prayer. Uh, and that you would uh, even be a little bit more open about what your experience with hearing God is and your struggles with that is and talking to a Chi Alpha staff person or your Corfa about this. Mm -hmm. So to start uh, our first question here, Anna and, Anna and Cassie, I'm gonna be doing that all day. Uh, I hope uh, will help in the clarifying of what we mean by when God speaks to us. So for the first question, how does God speak to you? What is the experience you have of hearing God's voice like? Yeah, I mean, I think this can be really different depending on the person, right? Like we're all different people, God made us, and so he knows how we need to hear from him and how we need to hear his voice. Um, so I've had a lot of different experiences with what I would say was something that God said to me, even if it's not always in words. Um, so, for example, um, I've been praying for someone and I've seen a picture. Um, and like an example of that was I was praying for one of my good friends uh, named Hannah and I saw a picture of a princess. I'm like, huh, okay, God, like what, what are you trying to communicate through this picture? And I got the sense that the, the princess image represented like an identity that God really wanted for her. Um, to see herself as the daughter of a king and valued and loved because of that, but also as someone with responsibilities in his kingdom. Um, so it was like this twofold message behind a picture, which is what I was seeing. Um, so it sort of started this dialogue of trying to figure out what that represented. Um, so then I was able to communicate that to her, which was really encouraging. Um, so that's one example. I think I've also had experiences that aren't like pictures or words. I've been going out on campus and I'll see someone and I'll get a nudge um, to go talk to them. I'm like, oh, okay, God has something to say for th to that person or um, some way he wants them to be encouraged today. And so I'll go talk to them. Um, so that's a little bit different. And then I've also had experiences where I've heard words um, specifically in my head. So like, um, I was at a church and we were praying for Christian and his family because uh, they were about to come down to Oregon State <laughs> and be in the ministry here. 
Um, and as we were praying for them, like as a church, other people were actually praying out loud. Um, I heard in my head, you could go join them. Um, and it was this quiet whisper type voice. Um, but I, it was clearly not from me. It was clearly from God. Um, so that's an example of hearing God's words in my head, which I think I don't experience as often as the other things, but um, I do experience that sometimes. Yeah, I would echo um, what Cassie was talking about. And by the way, just a little bit more to introduce myself. I'm not just a random person off the street. Uh, I <laughs> oh, am... yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> my name is Anna, but uh, yeah, I'm the worship pastor here with Chi Alpha, and it's a privilege to get to lead people in worship and That actually is a a big part of being a worship leader, is hearing God's voice. Um, And so, yeah, I would just echo what Cassie was talking about, um, how we're all made uniquely by God. And um, ways that the Lord speaks to me is through imagery, um, because I, he made me a visual learner. Um, He also made me artistic. And so... um, a lot of the times the Lord speaks to me also through images. Um, but I also uh, experience a lot of feelings. I'm a, very much a processor through feelings. Um, and often that ends up turning into thoughts, but it always starts with feelings. Um, and so for me, when I know that God wants to say something to me, I feel kind of a nudge, like you were talking about, Cassie. But just this feeling of, Anna, spend a little time with me. Um, God nudging me uh, to, to be alone with him. Um, and the first uh, way that came to mind when I was thinking about, oh, wow, how do I um, hear God speaking is actually through other people. So I was on a hike with my friend Greta. Greta, if you hear this podcast, shout out to you. Cassie also knows Greta. She's an amazing person. <laughs> We were going on a hike together and we were going downhill. If we had been going uphill, we wouldn't have been really able to pray for each other or focus. We would have just been breathing really hard, (laughs) um, especially on this one hike in Bellingham, Washington. So we were hiking and um, my friend Greta was like, well, hey, how about we practice listening to God together? Because that was both something we were both trying to practice that. And so we were hiking along and we just started with silence. We stopped talking to each other and we started listening to God, looking at the trees, looking at the sunshine coming through the trees, just really being present with the Lord. And that's when I realized listening to God is like walking with a friend. It's like the experience of spending one-on-one time with a friend. So um, yeah, we were hiking and she got the word for me, reliance from the Lord. So for her, a thought came into her mind and she was had this a little bit of a conversation with the Lord. God, do you mean the word rely? Like Anna needs to rely on you? And he goes, no. And she does. She goes, do you think it's the word relying? And God said no to her. He said the word reliance. And so Greta spoke that to me. She said, God said he wants you to have reliance on him, not to rely, not to be relying, but to have reliance on him. And that word really spoke to me because that word God had spoken to me at the beginning of the year in a devotional time. And so it was God reaffirming that, yes, that's something I want you to continue to grow in, Anna. So that's one way God has spoken to me. For myself, like I've actually had um, a lot of images uh, in my past, but I don't 
you guys have already shared about that, so I don't think I'm going to go into that. But that's actually a very real thing. Sometimes that there's images <clears throat> that the Lord uses that um, that He is trying to communicate to me through. Um, and one thing that's I think I would highlight about like this conversation right now is that there are degrees of like intensity. Mm-hmm. I think uh, is really important. And I'll share a few instances of uh, my own where God has spoken to me, but there, for me, there's genuinely been like these degrees of intensity in which God speaks to me. Um, sometimes it's extremely powerful. Sometimes it's a little less powerful. And so um, just hear that in these, in these stories that we're sharing, it's like there's levels of like um, intensity or force or like uh, the way God speaks to you sometimes literally will stop you in your tracks and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay. God is saying something and I need to stop. Um, and then other times it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to think about that. What's going on? And so there's a lot of reflection involved. Um, for me, one of the most powerful uh, moments in my life, and God has spoken to me twice in this manner, a very, very powerful voice that's not auditory. Mm-hmm. It's internal, but it's very revealing about something about myself Um, And the experience, the first time this happened to me, I was actually reading a book that I highly recommend everybody read. It's called uh, Return of the Prodigal. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, Everybody at this table is nodding, just so our listeners know. Um, Nodding, not because I've read it, but because I knew you were going to mention it somehow. (laughs) Yeah, because Henry Nouwen is great. The author is really, really fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really good book. I highly recommend it. And I was reading that book. I was 27 years old and the Lord said something to me that was really, really powerful and very revealing. And uh, that was a very unique experience for me. Uh, I had never before that time, I would have said, I've never heard the Lord speak um, before that moment. And I'd been a Christian my whole life. Um, The Lord and I really desired to hear the Lord for years and years and years, but he hadn't spoken to me. Um, And so I just had to be patient and um, I had to learn a lot about myself in order for me to have that experience, I think. But uh, through that experience, my life did dramatically change. Um, And also I would say another feature of that experience was something um, that is uh, echoed in by Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Avila, who says your brain becomes extremely active. Mm -hmm. Like it's more active than it's ever been. And I found that to be very true. I was like, having these ideas and creative creative thoughts and images coming to mind that the Lord was also speaking through. And uh, so that was a very powerful moment for me. I've had one other instance of that same degree of intensity, though he spoke to me through a different mode, a different medium. Um, he actually spoke to me through a song the, the second time um, and through his word. Um, The other way that the Lord tends to speak to me, um, aside from through images and metaphor, actually the Lord speaks to me through metaphor quite often, uh, is uh, through his word. There are a few stories in the Bible that I will talk for about an hour on. Um, One of them is uh, the woman who gave two coins. I think it is the most beautiful thing. I had a student ask me a couple weeks ago, he's like, Nathan, I've heard you really like this story. I was like, yes, I do. And uh, I shared it and I'm like tearing up because I'm just like, this is just the most powerful thing I've ever read in my life. Um, And so the Lord, uh, through his word, told me something about myself through the woman who gave two coins. 
Um, and that was something, one thing I would highlight from my own experience is a high degree of patience that was involved. So the Lord gave me a, a nudge, I would say, or an inkling that there was something very important about this story. And then six months of thinking about it and reflecting on it and working it out, suddenly it clicked seven or eight years later. And I still learn things about myself through this three wow. verses in the Bible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I learned a lot about theology and God's attitude towards us. It's a, uh, I think that's, those are the two big ways. I do get nudges similar to Cassie. I, I, uh, through creativity, the Lord speaks to me. Um, one thing that I really would like to highlight though, and we'll probably come back to this later is, um, there's a variety of ways in which God speaks. We re- that's why we're asking this question is that there's a very wide variety of ways in which God speaks. Um, and the second thing is that it can sometimes for me, very commonly, there's a high degree of patience. I've been told things by the Lord that didn't make sense until like three years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, God prophesied that this was going to happen. And I didn't know what he was saying at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew him well enough to know that it was him saying something. So, yeah, other ways uh, in which, and I just want to quickly say this, other ways in which God does speak to people uh, is through prayer. Um, and granted, I think in every one of our instances, there is a high degree of prayer that we are employing. Uh, but very intentionally, God speaks to people through prayer, their time of prayer. God actually gives a vi- um physical visions, like not ideas in the mind, not images in the head, but actual physical visions of him. Um, Sometimes he uses auditory voices. Um, There's a woman named Julian of Norwich, and she actually emphasizes that the Lord spoke to her in her her physically, like gave her corporeal visions, I think is how she puts it, Um, and says that he communicated to her through her understanding um, and then thirdly, through her spirit. And I think there might've been a fourth way, um, but I don't remember what it was, but she, and she says through my spirit was the hardest one for me, her to convey to her audience that she was communicating to. Um, but I really, uh, just, uh, out of this question, I really hope that all of you that are listening can really just understand, well, there's actually a very wide variety of ways in which God speaks. And when people say God said something to me, that can be a very specific way in which they spoke. And so it's okay if they, if God is not speaking to you the way that he speaks to someone else. But with that, I think a big question that I had growing up um, and something I really still struggle with, I think, is knowing when it's um, God's voice versus my own voice versus the devil's voice, who is a very real force in our lives. Um, and I was wondering what uh, you uh, you two had to say about that. I mean, I think this all comes from knowing the character of God and knowing that the things he says are not going to contradict who he is or who he says you are. Um, like even when we go back to Genesis, right? Um, in the fall, Eve is listening to the serpent and the serpent says some things um, that God has not said. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to latch on to this. Um, and so Satan's voice is is contradicting the character of God in that passage. And that's a problem. Like, that's not good. Um, so that's something that we can use as a tool to identify God's voice in comparison to, like, oh, am I just making this up or is this Satan? Um, it's never going to contradict something that God has said in his word um, or something that's not in his character. God's not going to tell you 
um, go hate this person. <laughs> like, that's just not who he is. And so I think we have to know the character of God. And to do that, we need to know scripture if we're going to do this well and be good stewards of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was going to say really is that um, there really are three sources that that uh, voices or thoughts can come from. And it is really yourself or God or the devil. Um, and so for me personally, I tend to war a lot with, wow, I just had this thought. Okay, how does this thought as a feeling processor, how does this thought make me feel? Does it make me feel condemned? Does it make me feel yucky about myself? Um, and a lot of the times that's one way I tend to filter it is, man, how is this thought um, making me feel right now? But even more so, yeah, it is really important to go to scripture um, or go to a friend and say, mm -hmm. hey, I heard this thing. What do you think about it? Does this sound like something that God would say? And really having a friend filter that with you. I remember Cassie and I actually had a prayer time together and um, I got some images and some words for her. And um, in that time, I got to ask her, does this sound like something God is saying to you? Or is that encouraging? Mm -hmm. um, or does that sound like it's a really like not encouraging thing that it could actually be the opposite? And if it's the opposite of what you think God would be speaking to you, then that's a good sign that it's the enemy. Um, so that's what I would say about that. I think a very important thing to keep in mind when we're talking about um, discerning God's voice from other voices uh, that are in our lives is where does this voice pull me? Mm -hmm, yeah. So um, Anna is mentioning like a lot of like, oh, this encourages me. And it's like sometimes one of the things that's actually really important for me to remember about the word encourage is that it's actually the the the, the structure of the word is to imbue courage. Mm -hmm. Courage is used when you have something hard in front of you <laughs> that you got to do. Yeah. yeah so it's sometimes it's like we, we tend to have a connotation of like, oh, man, that's so nice. That's so uplifting. Right. And it's like sometimes it's like, see that giant horde of orcs? Mm -hmm. You got to go fight them. <laughs> yeah. You just got to go fight them. I'm and calling like, you. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I know in my own life that the Lord was very clear that uh, he wanted me to change locations several times. And that was not something I found pleasant. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we have to be careful in our society that is always trying to, like, uh, find a seek comforting words, which mm -hmm. is very much the Lord, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes he is genuinely calling us to do very difficult things. And so one thing that I actually tell my students about is like, what is the telos, which is a big word, Greek word, that means like, what is the purpose? What is the goal? What is the aim? And the purpose, goal, aim of God is for us to be more like Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear this is, I, I really appreciated Cassie sharing about her nudges during evangelism. How does she know that that might be from the Lord? One, she's familiar with the nudge. She knows what the nudge feels like. Yeah. It's not like other nudges. Mm -hmm. The other thing is though, she's like, I know that the Lord wants me to minister the gospel to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's in line with the character of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And you know what? If I mishear the Lord, this is also in this context of Cassius' um, comment, within context, if you get it wrong, the Lord is going to be fine. Yeah. Like, he's going to be like, you know what? You really tried. Yeah. Like, we really need to, like, keep that in context. It's like, I, I really did want to hear you, Lord, and I wanted to be faithful to what you said, what mm-hmm. I thought you said to me. So I followed through. I, I did what I thought you told me to do. Um, and sometimes we get a little bit too preoccupied with, did I hear him? Mm-hmm. It's like, just, is this in line with his character? Is this one of the things the Lord wants for his people to do? Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, is it a condemnative word or is it a non-condemnative word? That's very important. That actually happened to me. Well, it happens to me a lot. I'm a pretty negative person. But um, like one time, like I actually think I was hearing a voice and I was like, is that you, Lord? And I was like, I won't go into the details of what it was, but then I asked the voice, like, is that you, Lord? Could mm-hmm. you tell me more? Could you clarify for me? And then the stuff that you said afterward, I was like, no, that's not the Lord. The mm. Lord isn't condemning me. Okay, so I need yeah. to, like, push that w- voice away. And sometimes the voice doesn't just go away. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's, it's important to... Um, to know the scripture because that's how we, uh, that is God's word. And when I say God's word, I mean God's voice. Yes. We, we, we can't just be engaging the Bible literal as a piece of literature. I think that's what I'm trying to emphasize there. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, this is, God has said who he is through this text and I can understand him through this. So I, I think telos and purpose and goal is a really, really important aspect of like knowing who's talking Mm-hmm. And knowing what your own personal fleshly agendas are and knowing what the devil's agendas are and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I think what you highlighted, Nathan, was the importance of asking questions mm-hmm. of what you're hearing. Um, and especially when you're first starting out and starting to learn what God's voice sounds like mm-hmm. and you don't have that familiarity built in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important to I think I had a number of experiences where I saw a picture and I was praying for someone and I'm like, I have no clue (laughs) what this picture means, Mm -hmm. but, um, it came to mind. Did I make this up? So I would ask God to confirm it, like to have it come back more clearly or to indicate what something meant. Um, and then I would share it in faith with someone, whether it made sense to me or not and ask, Hey, here's what I'm seeing or hearing. Does this make sense to you? Um, and sometimes it didn't. Um, maybe that's one of those, case, those cases where it would make sense down the road. Um, or maybe I just wasn't hearing God's voice very clearly. But I think that step of faith saying, you know, I'm going to share this and ask if it meant something to this person matters. Um, and I think that's true also if we're listening and God is speaking to us for us personally, um, weighing it that way is helpful, especially when you're starting out and you don't really have that built-in familiarity of what God's voice tends to sound like. It's also, it's always going to be encouraging ultimately, right? So I've, I've prayed for people before and gotten a sense of like some darkness, right? And God's goal in that is not to say, hey, you're stuck in darkness, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And so um, Mm -hmm. weighing those kinds of images and saying, okay, what is God going to speak into this situation? Like I'm getting Mm -hmm. the sense they're in a dark place, but what does God want to do in Mm -hmm. that? So making sure we're aligning with the character of God as well in the ways that we're communicating to people, I think really matters. One thing that, just to finish this up, one thing that came to me, I think during John's sermon last night was like, there's a difference between two types of people. Um, people who love you and care for you like the Lord, 
will say, yes, you have to go into darkness, but I promise that there's an out, there's a good outcome that's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm not promising everything's going to be sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. Yeah. But I promise mm-hmm. the end result is what's good, and it's going to be good for you and others. The, the, the voice of people who don't care about you have no intention of bringing you out of darkness. Yeah. Even the path is literally to exist in darkness. And I think that's something to pay attention to with voices. Is this actually a voice of deliverance? Or is this a voice of like the darkness is just this is the state of the world. Mm-hmm. This is the state of the universe and your existential experiences and things like that. So, But let's move on uh, to something that's actually kind of related to this. What happens? Have you guys ever been in an experience where you couldn't hear God's voice? And what did you do in that uh, while you were in that time or in that moment? I think for me, I've actually been experiencing this a lot this week. So this feels very fresh <laughs> and and not necessarily new, but um, very current. Uh, I've been going around campus and been asking God, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to um, speak with? And, and, you know, feeling praying for that nudge that Cassie was talking about and um, kind of struggling with, I feel a nudge towards every single person that I'm walking past and realizing that I can't talk to everyone, but Lord, do you want me to talk to everyone? Um, and so I think the first thing in those kinds of situations is asking the Lord for patience, <laughs> um, patience with him, patience with his spirit. And maybe it's in those times that he wants me to go sit down on a bench and spend a half an hour with him and and really intentionally be quiet with him. Um, kind of the image I, I kind of get, I really think in metaphors a lot, um, is like sitting on a bench with a friend and um, just getting to kind of lay my heart out there and um, have that friend counsel me or um, even put their arm around me. Um, So yes, definitely have been in moments where I I can't hear God or I'm hearing different things or my female brain is just spaghetti (laughs) neurons flying around everywhere. It happens. It happens. Yep. Or get really caught up in, in my emotions and, and feelings and um, fear about about specifically going out and chatting with people. Um, so, but in those moments, yeah, I think getting to sit down with the Lord and um, hearing His invitation to rest for a moment, Anna, just rest, rest in me, spend some time in my Word. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've had a few experiences. No, I've had a lot of experiences <laughs> not hearing from God. Um, but I think the ones that come to mind, um, so there was a period of time when I was about to step into full-time ministry um, and I was fundraising and talking to people and trying to cast the vision of here's what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, and during that whole process, I did not hear directly from God. God spoke through other people to me. Um, but that whole summer, (laughs) it was so frustrating. I'm like, I'm about to do this. I can't do this without you, God. Um, but I'm not hearing from you. And right at the end of the summer, um, my budget came through, praise the Lord. Um, and he said, uh, like I was teaching you to seek me. Mm. And I think there is some truth to the fact that he will use seasons purposefully in our lives, um, 
and over and over again to remind us that we need to be patient and wait on him and trust that he's going to come through for us. Um, and we can't force that, right? Um, so there's a great book, Anonymous, um, by Alicia Britchol. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and she talks about these seasons where uh, maybe we don't hear directly from God, um, specifically Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness, um, but how God uses those times to really prepare us for what's coming. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, but I can also think of a, a specific situation where God was going after something else. <laughs> so I was out um, talking with the student I had never met before, um, and I was praying and listening for him, and I just had nothing <laughs> from God to share with this guy. Um, and outside, like, Um, I was in this little booth thing and there was a person who was sharing her testimony outside. So while I was praying and trying to hear from God to share a message with this person, the student that I was praying for was listening to this testimony that was being shared outside. Um, And so after I stopped praying, I like started sharing some things that I knew were true um, from scripture about this person. He's like, hey, I was listening to this testimony. And let me share with you my story and how I related to this. And I'm like, wow, here's this whole other entrance into this guy's life that I wouldn't have had if I had something specific to share with him. Mm. Um, So I think God uses that in a number of ways. But ultimately, his purposes are going to be fulfilled, whether we're hearing from him or not. Mm -hmm. They just may not be what we want right in that moment. Yeah, I had another um, story I wanted to share. I remember... Uh, when I was trying to decide, um, I think it was freshman year at college, whether or not to date this one guy. Um, and I was praying God to God, like, God, should I, should I, you know, get into a relationship with this person? Like, do you want me to, you know, spend a lot of time getting to know them? And I didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it, looking back, um, was because I didn't want to hear from God because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear his no. Mm-hmm. And that terrified me. And um, I really wanted to live my own way. And the beauty of God is that he does give us free will. He does want us to um, go out and live our lives. Um, but so it was really actually a blessing that I didn't hear from him because I ended up I wish I had, you know, in that moment, but in that way, I I got to um, experience him uh, in a different way. I ended up getting into that relationship, and God really did teach me a lot. So, um, and that was my choice. That wasn't his will for me to be in that relationship necessarily, but that was my choice, and he worked through it. Um, I think there's... A few things I would say about this. Um, I I feel that there's two types of... Actually, you guys are introducing a third type of of person seeking the Lord's voice. Um, I think the one that you two are listing is is kind of like these moments, these somewhat brief moments, like maybe a week or a month or so. Um, And there's that feeling of like, I know that the Lord speaks and I'm very confident the Lord speaks, but for some reason he's not speaking right now. And you can kind of handle the absence of his voice. But there's two other types of people. I've definitely been both of these. Um, (laughs) And I've been this other one where it's a brief moment Mm -hmm. in time. Um, One is, is that, uh, and this was my Christian walk for 27 years, is like God doesn't speak to me and it was 20 plus years. And like, why is the Lord not speaking to me? Mm 
Um, and that is really difficult because it's actually part of, I think that there, at least for me, there is this very, for me, hearing the Lord's voice was a conversion experience, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like I was a Christian. I'm not doubting my salvation before this moment, but there was a level of like, the Lord exists. The Lord is there Mm -hmm. and present. Um, the second type of person is like, I've heard the Lord's voice and it has now just left Mm. and it's not a week. It's, it's months, years. And I would say that that's the season I'm in right now. And one of the things I found very helpful, um, in the second case of like, I know that the Lord speaks, but for some reason he's not speaking now which stirs up a lot of feelings of like doubt over like what he has said to you in the past. Very assuredly, there's a lot of doubt that comes from that. One thing that I found really helpful is uh, something that St. Ignatius of Loyola said, which is when you're feeling spiritual desolation, don't change your course. Mm -hmm. And I've, I felt like that there was something logical. If you really believe that God speaks then if he doesn't say something and you're genuinely, I want to hear the Lord, where are you taking me, Lord? What do you want from from me, Lord? I'm desperate. He's probably fine with what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you uh, are not in the honest situation, which is, you know, (laughs) there's actually an agenda within my heart and I want this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a genuine, like, I, I want to know what you're, what you want from me. Um, that's how I came to OSU actually was that the Lord wasn't saying anything and I just pursued the doors that opened to me, but he wasn't saying Nathan stop doing ministry. Yeah. Um, even though I was going through a very, very difficult season in my life because of ministry, he wasn't saying stop doing ministry. And I didn't feel like I was being selfish, um, in that I didn't feel like I was being self-protective of like where I've gotten to. For the first instance of just 20 plus years, I think there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of damage that needed to be undone for me to personally address in order for God to be like, now we're ready. Now you've made room for me to say something Mm -hmm. because you're actually prioritizing other voices over like actually having my voice. So uh, believe it or not, the world, uh, media, social media, um, movies, video games, uh, your professors in university, all of these are voices that are influencing you. And if you are worshiping them, if you're making so much time for them and not time space for the Lord to say something, mm-hmm. he's not going to, he's going to be like, that's the voice you want. Mm-hmm. You don't want my voice. I'm going to give you over to that voice. And that was very true of me. Uh, for 20 plus years, but I didn't realize that I didn't have a lot of people that were coaching me through it But I did really genuinely want his voice and so There's a really good there's really good books on on the subject of not hearing God's voice um, That I'll probably mention at the end. I have a lot of books <laughs> to recommend um, I'll just say them now uh, Will I yes, yeah. st. John of the Cross's dark night of the soul and his book, uh, the ascension of Mount Carmel Yes, they are very old and yes, he is very dead, but it's very good <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but that's one of the one book that's been really helping me through the the season that I've been in. And also like Mother Teresa has been a huge help because she felt a strong sense of God's absence. And I'm like, you're Mother Teresa. Like you're not <laughs> supposed to be hearing God's absence. Right. So um, last question. Uh, what like kind of practical devi- advice or any advice that you would have for people who are seeking the Lord's voice? How 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 would you coach them? What advice would you give them to engage in hearing the Lord's voice? I think intentional listening is important, right? Like if your prayer life involves talking to God all the time, you're not making a lot of space to hear from him. Um, And so something that I found really helpful was practicing the discipline of silence. Um, Mm -hmm. So going somewhere that's really quiet, which is kind of hard in our world today, but finding that quiet space, sitting down. Um, I like to sit like crisscross with my hands out. I think posture does matter um, more than we often think it does. Mm. Like if I'm sitting in a chair, it's really hard for me to like pray and hear from God actually. Um, And so like making a space without distractions where you're going to intentionally say, hey, I'm going to take, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes or two minutes um, to see if God has something to say in this situation. And I think, especially when I first started out, like asking a question and listening for a response to that question was really helpful for me. Um, There is an app called Centering Prayer, I think, um, that's in the app store and helps you like time out a certain period of time for prayer. Um, So I really appreciate that too. So if that helps you, that's a great place to start. Yeah. And I would say too, if there's a specific time of day that you really enjoy, um, spending time with the Lord in that time of day. Um, for me, I've been doing my devotional times in the morning, uh, specifically sometime between 7.30 and 9, and carving out a specific time like Cassie was saying. Um, and what I find beautiful about the morning for me is it's the beginning of the day. It's the beginning of a new day. And just this idea of starting my day with the Lord by my side um, and giving him the opportunity to speak. I think that is um, something that uh, the Lord has really used in my life uh, to meet me. Um, Another thought that came to mind is an encouragement. Um, If you've kind of felt all over the place or life just feels crazy right now, um, talking with a good friend or a pastor or even mm-hmm. potentially mm-hmm. considering counseling mm-hmm. to help you sift through these bullet points of what's going on in your life, um, what is causing you distress and anxiety, what what things are distracting right now, and really try to find some peace. The Lord gives us the Lord is the God of peace, and he gives us so many opportunities to pursue that. Um, and it really can be in the that peace um, where the Lord can meet us. But I also want to encourage you, if you're a very strong feeler like me, it is very helpful. This is so hard, but it's so helpful to be vulnerable with the Lord and sit in front of him and just tell him your feelings and lay it out there because he can handle it. If you look at the Psalms, David is crying out and talking about his enemies and how he's feeling and what's going on around him and basically all these storms like we've been talking about this quarter swirling around him and he is resting, choosing to rest in that in that space, but he's also like 
basically pitching a fit in some ways too. And I have done that before God. And it's, it's amazing how freeing that is to lay that out at his feet and how it really opens the door to God into your heart, um, to be vulnerable with him and just spend five or 10 minutes just letting him know how you're actually doing and letting him know all the things in your mind, in your heart. Mm-hmm. An important thing I don't think uh, uh, I've ever heard mentioned, but I think is really, really true, is we often, within Christian circles, we often talk about like, oh, we have to be disciplined, I think. And like, that's good. Like, oh, I have to read my Bible. I have to pray and stuff like that. One, uh, that's religiosity. And I would say that that's not relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... And like, we have to be very careful about that. And if you're like, what the flip are you talking about, Nathan? Talk to one of us. We'll (laughs) we'll talk more, but we're over on time. Um, But a really important aspect of, um, a really important aspect that I feel is missing sometimes from my own experience of God um, and uh, the experience atheists have of God. Uh, I've had a number of atheists be like, if God would talk to me, I would totally believe in him. I was like, but I'm actually like pretty sure you don't want him to say anything. Uh, And that's a question of whether or not the person actually desires the person God, Mm -hmm. not the voice, Mm -hmm. the person God. Do you actually want him to say something? I think Anna mentioned this, you know, before there's like conflicting interest and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, you know, we, we, we talk about being disciplined. It's like, well, do you actually want him? This That's is the accusation Jesus makes against the Pharisees. Is like, you do all the things, but you don't want me. Your heart is far from me. And really, like, one thing that I've had to work through a number of times repeatedly is, like, do I actually desire to know his voice? Because your discipline can be indicative of your desire, but sometimes it's like, oh, it's just pharisaical. Um, and so one thing I would really, really uh, encourage you to like assess in your heart is like, do I actually desire it? And then if you're like, wow, I kind of don't ask the Lord to give you the desire. I have no other coaching other than that. <laughs> like just ask for forgiveness and ask him for the desire to hear him mm-hmm. um, in prayer. Um, that's That's been a really big big thing. And then patience is just so key to this. It's not, I, I spent 20 plus years waiting for the Lord to say something and I had to work through a lot of stuff. Um, and, uh, there's another guy that I read, St. Anthony of the desert. He spent seven years. I know this is going to sound really crazy. He spent seven years in a tomb waiting for God to speak all on his own. Oof. It's a really good book. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, lastly, there's a, a really um, important thing I think is really helpful is realizing I need to approach God calmly. That's something I actually have some control over and also not listening to my anxiety. Anxiety is never from the Lord. Okay. Just mm-hmm. if you hear, if you're feeling anxiety and you, it's telling you to do things, you can just know that that's not God because anxiety is confusion and God is not confusing. He's very clear. Um yeah, so that's that's what I have to say. Any last thoughts, Anna and Cassie? Anna and Cassie? <laughs> I did have a last thought. Just to encourage you guys, um, this is worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hearing God's voice is so worth it and seeking him. 
Um, and I hope you hear that in our stories today, uh, that the Lord has spoken to us and it has shifted the direction of our lives mm-hmm. yeah. in incredibly positive ways. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my encouragement to you. Um, mm-hmm. If you have more questions, come chat with us, but also just try it. Just yeah. start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's in there? Cassie and Anna, thank you for sharing uh, today. I really appreciated your thoughts. Uh, and if you're listening out there, thanks for taking some time out of your week to join us. And I really do hope that you've been um, encouraged and even inspired maybe a little bit to want the voice of the Lord. And we really want to help you in that. Like, we really do. Mm-hmm. Like, it is one of, personally, this is what I talk to most of my students about is like, I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, thankfully, they kind of do too. So um, <laughs> if you have suggestions for topics, please uh, contact us at social at OregonStateXA.com or reach out to us in person. Uh, also email us any questions or comments you have. Uh, and please remember that the Lord does want to speak to you. Um, and he wants to have that relationship with you. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you.